This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Brazil. Brazil. Came out. 1985. Directed by Terry Gilliam. Written by Terry Gilliam. Starring Jonathan Price, Kim Grice, Robert De Niro, Bob Hoskins, Ian Holm, and others. Michael Palin. Michael Palin. Jim Broadbent. Here we go. All right, uh, Alex, since this is your topic, why don't you lead us off here? When did you come across this movie? What are your initial thoughts? Um, When I was a kid, I actually, it's uh, kind of appropriate because I kind of remember before watching it, I remember this movie like only the dream sequence and only very vaguely. But I knew it was Brazil because I remember uh, seeing the VHS at the Video Lotus and I always remembered the the flying in the armor dream sequence, but not like nothing else about the movie. So I thought it was about time to put it on the list and watch it again. Okay. Like aside from that, I had no idea that it was Terry Gilliam, and that it was the um, uh, Infinity I thirty guy that starred in it. It's weird seeing him <laughs> young. The Infinity I toilet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Scott. So I'd always seen bits and pieces of this throughout the years, and I I knew the the basic outline and kind of what happens. But I think this was like the first time I ever sat down and actually tried to watch it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a kid, I did watch uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen in the theaters, and uh, really enjoyed it. Still enjoy it to this day. Not you know again realizing that you know it was attached to any particular person. Um, and we did we did Time Bandits some time ago. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, and they all kind of share that same uh, kind of look and humor. Uh, yeah, didn't, I think Gilliam said that this was part of his uh, Imagination Trilogy. Right, right, those, yeah. Those three movies. Yeah, they all kind of follow the same kind of absurdist uh, like imagery and violence and they just point out how horrible bureaucracy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, screw the man. <laughs> All right, uh, this was my first time watching it. Um, I had kind of heard about it in passing. I didn't know anything about it. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Um, Scott, or Alex, what's your number one, or number seven? As usual, we do our seven <laughs> items. Was it? It's been a while. Uh, my number seven, and this actually physically like frustrated me a little bit is when later on in the movie and he's in the cab with Jill and they're going to deliver a package and then they're stopped at a um, blockade, I guess. And she was all just, okay, look, let's just play it cool. Let's see what they want. And he was like, no, you just got to run through and totally, you know, takes control and pure chaos ensues. The car chase is cool, but just his like, manic paranoia just made me really really uncomfortable and i was like oh come on man 
So that's why it's my number seven. Okay. All right. Well, I'll have to step in here and say uh, that's the moment I turned this movie off and didn't turn it back on. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. He was. This whole movie is so neurotic. He just bugs me. Like stuff that bugs you, Scott. In every way, this I just couldn't stand it. He was so freaking out the entire time. I couldn't. St- it took me three times to try to get through this movie, and I finally gave up at this point. I was not having fun, and that was it. As soon as he's, well, oh, why would he do that? Ah, just oh, bug me. And I turned yeah. It off. So, well, that's <laughs> it's gonna be interesting when I talk about stuff that happened after that point. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> the shit out of it because I don't give a crap. Um, this was this gonna be way higher on my list, <laughs> but I had to mention it since Alex brought it up. So Scott, number seven. Well, I kind of. Took the wind out of my sails. Uh, <laughs> uh, number seven is the the desk gag. How the he gets his own office. He <laughs> joins the uh, information retrieval branch of the office of or the Ministry of Information, mm-hmm. and he sets up the books. And then they fall over, and at first it looked like the the wall had been uh, like pounded against or something, and it takes a couple times of the books falling over that you see that the desk is moving and then it turns into this tug of war <laughs> and he goes next door and he sees the guy like pulling on the desk and they never say anything about it that, I think that's the best part it's just so incredibly British that they mm-hmm. just like they, they go back to war over it and he actually pushes the desk on the way out back to his <laughs> yeah, side that was great uh, yeah I enjoyed that gag that they they split everything in that it's like an office that was split in half there's the poster in the background that's like half of it is in one side and the hat you see part of it in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to share this <laughs> this this desk in between the wall. Uh, made me laugh. The desk gag. It was. I have to. Admit, I like that scene too because I didn't know what the hell was going on at first. Like, the wall shrinking is something. Was an earthquake happening? What the hell is going on? And that I love that gag, especially like you said when he's leaving the guy's room and he just kind of bumps his hip into it to give himself <laughs> a little more desk. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, uh, my number seven. Uh, but I kind of had a little faith in this movie. Yeah, I, I, and there were moments that I did like, but toward the beginning of the movie, when um, they're stealing or kidnapping Mister Buttle, and they drill that hole in the floor slash ceiling, and they fall in, and then later on they just start randomly shooting up at the people above. That made me laugh. Hey, we're the people. I forgot what they said. Central services. <laughs> <laughs> Central <laughs> Services. Yeah, just fucking fire blindly up in the hole. I like that. That's my number seven. I like that. Alex, that's that scene. Okay. Just to add on to that, Jeff, when uh, the the woman upstairs who turns out to be Levin just is like, "What's going on? You made a mistake." And they're like, "Oh, the Central Services never makes mistakes. So the government never makes mistakes." And they they've cut out the 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 hole and it just drops or the yeah. the plug and it drops right through. <laughs> like oh they must have gone metric <laughs> nobody told us <laughs> they changed the metric without it without telling us yeah then the thing is they never they never go back to fix it the whole right. still there yeah later yeah. in the movie that's the that's the, the itchy and scratchy joke nothing can impossibly go wrong <laughs> <laughs> I possibly go wrong <laughs> that's the first thing that's ever gone wrong <laughs> all right Alex number seven six number six is. I was very surprised by all the big names that were in this movie. <laughs> I mean, uh, the mom from Who's the Boss, first of all. Right? Yeah. Got the Mona. 
but then when uh, the actual total comes in, I'm like, wait a minute, is that? And then he takes his full mask off and like, holy shit, that's Robert De Niro. <laughs> what the hell is he doing in this movie? Wait, you I knew who he was before he took his mask off? No, once he took his mask off. Because oh, okay. I was kind of squinty. <laughs> he kind of looked familiar. Yeah, at first I was, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, is that... It sounds like De Niro, but it can't be. And then, yep, takes off the mask. Yeah, same is. thing. With... It kind of took me a while to recognize Ian Holm, even though just because of the like the pseudo-Hitler stash that he has, plus the flat top. I was like, what? It's like, I'm pretty sure that's him. <laughs> yeah, so did you know it was him before? But after like the Robert De Niro, like Bob Hoskins, peril like appearances, because you see him first, and I didn't recognize him at first, and then once I saw these other guys, I'm like, wait a minute. Then I was thinking of like Time Bandits and stuff. Maybe that is Ian Holm, and then sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that's when I confirmed that. It was like, okay, that's definitely got to be him. Yeah, Bob Hoskins is recognizable right away, of course. I mean, he's dressed as Mario, basically. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he is. (laughs) Was his partner Bob Hoskins' partner? Anybody? Uh, I don't think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yoshi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Him, I want to say, uh, what was the other Monty Python guy, right? Michael the Palin. Jack? Yeah, Michael Palin. Thank you. His daughter's adorable and <laughs> frighteningly horrible at the same time. <laughs> yeah, what exactly did she tell him? Uh, I really off yeah, that's that's what I got. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's another minus for this. I'd understand half of what was going on. So. <laughs> I did notice that. I'm like, oh, Jeff's probably miserable right now. I need to turn the subtitles. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. I honestly didn't know that this was a pretty much 90 percent British movie. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but yeah, the cameos number six. All right, Scott, number six. Okay. Uh, so speaking of the cameos, uh, Ian Holm here is Mr. Kurtzman is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yep. It's only in the, the first part, and then he has the little spot in the dream later on. But uh, just his his whole, like, neuroses and, and how he's, uh, like, the lead bureaucrat. And he's, mm-hmm. like, screwing around also, and just his, <laughs> his, his panic about the fact that they have this check for 31 pounds. <laughs> This guy gets killed for 31, 31 pounds of like forty bucks, or whatever the exchange rate is yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's got the stupid mustache and just his like, like suspicious look every time he goes outside. And uh, he makes the most of his, his short cameo. And his name too. Uh, I was looking at the trivia. Is I think German for short man. <laughs> Appropriate. Yeah. Is that like Napoleon and Bilbo? Yep, <laughs> and the and the priest. And, uh, they knew he was going to be Bilbo. They're precog. <laughs> I do like that he. I was so he didn't even want to sign the paperwork. He, oh my hands, they're hurt. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. My name. Yeah, and just look at his face as Jonathan Price actually signs it for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number six is another. Little joke, and this is right towards the end where I stopped watching it. Uh, what when the the pug's butthole was covered with tape? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, well, it mustn't be indecent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that should be a rule. I don't, no one wants to look at that thing. <laughs> pugs and cats cover that thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that he actually is like, listening. And <laughs> yeah. I like that he actually goes back and 
and, the, and like picks, tries to pick up the stuff and throw it away too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, number five. My number five is the ridiculous level of indifference that everybody has about everything else that's going on. Like they're eating in that fancy restaurant. And then an explosion goes off, and all these people are horribly maimed and dying, but everybody not affected is just going, you know, trying to get back to normal, eating their meal as if nothing happened. It's like, oh, and the Major D even comes by, it's like, oh, this rarely ever happens to us. Like, it's an embarrassment more than an actual emergency. Yep. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I like that it's permeated throughout the whole movie. Not only that, but even the um, main character. Damn it. I'm always bad with names. What's Sam. his name? Sam? Sam. That even in his dreams, he has a chance to help, like, um, Tuttle's, Buttle's um, wife in his dream, and he decides not to. Like, he doesn't, he, his boss in his dream uh, also. It's like, I like that he's just, he's no better than anybody else. He's just, you know, out for his own goals and his own, you know, uh, what am I trying to say here? Scott, help me out. <laughs> that that he's just as uh, selfish and self-involved, and he like like the rest of the society there. They they basically dehumanized, like the government's dehumanized everybody, and so that's how everybody treats each other. Thank you. That's what I. Yeah, that's what I meant. I more <laughs> to say about that later, maybe. Although you said cool. the most of it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear number five, Scott. Number five is the restaurant scene. <laughs> there, there were a lot of great gags going on in the scene. Uh, like I said, it kind of drive like the first time you really see just how uh, the indifference to violence. Well, the indifference to violence is a, it's kind of a Gilliam thing, um, where uh, you know, played it for humor and to dehumanize people and the situation. But in that restaurant scene. They they bring out the screen. <laughs> oh yeah, which is great. Um, before the explosion, uh, they drop off the food. They put the dog in the serving tray and put the lid over it on the way out. <laughs> that that mm-hmm. cracked me up. Um, the, the food sludge. How the the waiter, um, like can't take his order unless he says the number. Uh, the again the, the bureaucracy is just so ingrained in everybody. They have to do things a certain way. Uh, yeah, that that whole scene, and then uh, you know, you you see that it's the first time you really see what Sam's all about. Because um, he's yeah, like you said, Alex. Even though he's the hero, he's just as indifferent to, to everything else mm-hmm. as everybody else there. So the restaurant scene. <laughs> all right, um, all right. On to my number five, and. Um... This the early on when the mom's getting the facelift, pulling her face. It's so it's like what the fuck, and it's so dumb. And I want to say like that started me dip me down the the dark side of this movie. That dark it, side. It's a like I was gonna say it's a British thing. I don't know, but I remember when someone told me to watch Doctor Who, and like one of the first episodes is something similar. There's this lady who's just all skin and pulled yeah, tight, yeah. and she's paper thin, and I and I just. It's so stupid. I don't like it, and that's what this reminded me of. So, <laughs> sorry. I watched I that whole scene with, with Glee because Jim Broadbent was like playing that weird. <laughs> he was so excited about everything he was doing, mm-hmm. and then the the horror of it 
like the body horror. It's like, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's awful. It's very disgusting. It was on the back of the box, too, uh, on the VHS. Yeah. yeah. Stupid. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is just the overall just dark humor of everything that makes you laugh and then makes you horribly depressed at the same time. It's very much a Gilliam thing. It's like when I was watching this whole movie, it's like this movie is like the the very ending of Time Bandits stretched over two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Even in uh Baron Moonshine. The there's there's a lot of people that, getting. Uh, yeah, pretty uh-huh. much. Uh, yeah, no, and there's a lot. Of, there's, there's a high body count in all mm-hmm. three of the Imagination Trilogy movies. And uh, it's a, it's even a death that kicks off everything with that guy killing that cockroach falling into the quote unquote computers, going from Tuttle to Buttle. There it is. That's, there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, or Scott, number four. I got a drink to get over this list. <laughs> number, number four is Central Services, uh, mo- mostly on the strength of, of Bob Hoskins. But that, that very first scene where he, they're, he's about to barge in, uh, oh, the air conditioning fixed itself, did it? Like he's got the like the yeah. thick like Cockney, the, yeah. the gruff, and, <laughs> and Jonathan Price is like, no, no, you need the 27-B. Like twenty dash B, what? And then the other guy freaks out. He has to like drag him away, and he's like, "We'll be back, you bastard!" Like, <laughs> like they're they there to like fix shit. <laughs> they're like super angry and militant about it. Yeah. Uh, and then just the whole joke about the again, the the unmitigated bureaucracy and the ducks being everywhere, and how people aren't allowed to do shit with the ducks. Uh, and that'll lead me into something I have to say mm-hmm. here in a minute. But yeah, essential services. Do they, do they talk more about these ducks at the end of the movie or no? Nope. But you can get them in a variety of styles. Yeah. So I think, like, <laughs> I mean, the the whole point of the ducks, just besides the the visual oppressiveness of seeing them everywhere, is the idea is that the the government is everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're in everything. So. Gotcha. Jeebus, even the lights at the very end of the mom's house had, like, huge power cables to each one of those just little, just lamps. Yep. Everything was very garish, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right, uh, my number four is, and I don't know how it gets better throughout, but all his dream sequences and, like, especially the action scenes, it's just, like, they're not action scenes. They're just him. Like, I think it's Jonathan Price has no athletic ability whatsoever is what I get out of it. Because it's just everything's extreme close-up and you can't see him doing anything. And it just kept bugging me. And maybe because I just know him as, like you said, the Infinity guy, the bad guy in either a Bond or a Bourne movie. The dad in the Pirates of the Caribbean or the Sparrow. and Anywhere. It's just he's always just playing that... uh, Whatever. Non-action guy. And in this one, he's supposed to be this badass angel of death or whatever he's supposed to be. And he's just like, that's all close up. That just bugged me. And at one point when he kills the samurai with whatever the hell he's doing, I have no idea what's going on. He like gently lays down the jap- whatever that is, spear at one point. Look, Naginta. Oh, just... Alright, it was bad. What? Mm-hmm. It's a Naginta, right? 
I mean, Naganada. Or that too. Well, Scott was offended right there. I was. Naginta. Mm-hmm. It's pronounced magenta. It's one of the yeah, colors you put is. in your printer. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, I thought the action scenes were... Well, I think the design was cool on them. But I can't take anything away from there. I just... I think either they didn't have a stunt team or he couldn't do anything. So they were just really tight on him so you couldn't see how... Yeah, no, they, they definitely cheated to, <laughs> to get around the action. I'm not sure that they really cared, though, with the idea of being the the big dream sequence. But mm-hmm. but as you point out, Jeff, yeah, it's not as entertaining as it could have been. Yeah. It was, just, it was just jarring, I think, is what it was. Like, you would have these kind of wide shots of cool stuff, but then whenever the action happened, it would just be, like, real up close, and it just it bugged me. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is... In all the cities and stuff, the just the claustrophobic set design was amazing. Everything was laid out like perfectly to give you a real sense of oppression and the way the government is herding everybody into small spaces. And the the difference between him and his dreams, and even when the bureaucracy starts invading his dreams with the walls coming up and whatnot, oh, it was great. Great set design. Agreed. Goes back to the ducks. Yeah, I was going to say, it definitely has the style in which, whether I like it or not, it was consistent and I did appreciate it. Um, All right, Scott. Uh, Number three three is Harry Tuttle, uh, the Bobby De Niro character. Mm -hmm. Um, More more just because the idea that he's like this, uh, like, most wanted. Just because he does freelance, <laughs> like air conditioning repair, yeah. or, or heating it, he engineering. Got in for the action. Yeah, like I cracked, cracked up the whole time. The first time he's introduced, and he like pulls the gun on him, and he's like, "You know, I've I've had traps set me set for me before," and he, <laughs> so he's just like this rogue ninja, <laughs> ace, like HVAC guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just that that the whole idea of that is hilarious, and then uh, and here's where Jeff missed out. Um, his pseudo demise at the end, uh, when, yeah. when he's literally killed by bureaucracy, with with all the uh, yeah, receipts and uh, like I guess the the warrant wanted warrants or whatever, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like they they literally <laughs> like suffocate him, even if it is only true. Uh, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, so yep. Harry Tuttle. And then the, the, he only does it twice, but the, the zip line into nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love those. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know. Whose turn is it? Mine? Yeah. All right. Number three, and I thought this is very funny, is when he gets promoted to our information guy, whatever the fuck it is. And... Uh, <laughs> The bosses or whatever, or the man, the main guy's walking, and I thought that was dumb as hell too. He's walking, and everyone, oh yeah, do this, hey, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but when he gets to his office, look at that, your very own number and your very own door, office door. I like that. <laughs> Just because uh, working for big companies, that's what it feels like. Sometimes. <laughs> Congratulations, Q three Z niner. Your very own number <laughs> on your very own door. So I Z. got a big kick out of that one. All right, it's Alex, number two. Number two is uh, the song Brazil, and its multifaceted uses in this movie is brilliant. 
It's running throughout. It's you know the main heartbeat of the movie. It's the movie is aptly named Brazil, and it's such a jazzy samba tune to set a very oppressive, very bleak movie too. But it was great. Not only did they use it like to juxtapose all the stuff at the um, at the first office at the Hall of Records, but also it takes on like a horror note during like his nightmare sequence, like a. Um, People like are humming it when they're doing something like bureaucratic and whatnot that like try and escape, and you know it's the very last tune that you hear. Also, it's very sad. Yep, it helps to tie everything together. I agree. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scott, I, yeah, Scott, number two. Brazil. Uh, number two is the, the Sam Lowry character, as, as Alex pointed out earlier. He's he's the protagonist in the story, but he's not really he doesn't really do much heroic until like the very end. Um, yeah, he he's just he, he's very self-involved. He's indifferent, uh, but the cool part is is you actually see him start to realize how fucked up everything is. Um, you know, he, he's still not quite one of the good guys, but. He realizes that yeah, this bureaucracy is horrible. That the these people are are being treated horribly. Uh, but yet at the same time, everything he does is motivated by his own self interest. Um, yep. He becomes uh, a an officer in the an information retrieval just so he can track down this woman. And the whole point is that he's fallen in love with her. Um, he's created this dream woman because that's his really only his. Yeah, only his real outlet uh, from from his own uh, kind of quiet misery. Mediocre. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for the most part, he he does seem like one of the more well-adjusted people that shows up in the movie. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, saying something. So yeah, he's not, and he's not. Like, yeah, no, he's really knows. not. Yeah, no, but he. Well, I mean, besides the dream sequence, but the. Um, but yeah, once he gets a taste of. Actually, I don't know if fighting back's the right word, but um, rebelling. Yeah, and mm-hmm. rebelling against the, the the bureaucracy and the the government and everything. Uh, that he goes too far with it. <laughs> uh, as, as Jeff pointed mm-hmm. out, at the point he quit watching the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But but in the end, uh, he he basically becomes the person that he wanted to be. Or that, or at least the, the way the movie was leading him, that that the, that was a horrible place, and uh, he he does um, something fairly selfless at the end. So, yeah, yeah I just I, again, I just enjoyed that he wasn't like some badass Mary Sue. Um, you, he actually had to grow throughout the movie. Hmm. Yeah, I disagree. He was too neurotic for my liking. <laughs> like, and that another office office scene where he goes and he finds out the neighbor has a computer and he just like won't he's just, eh, eh, just, eh, just doing shit. It's like, God. Ah bug the shit out of me. Alright. That was hilarious. Um, I like that guy being like all slow and like, let me do it and he it's not even turned on and stuff like that. I don't know. Anyway, uh my number two <laughs> <laughs> I have this movie is so British it hurts. I had such a hard time with it. 
it's the British humor, which sometimes it, it, it really hits with me or it really misses with me. And this is time where most of it missed with me, I think. I didn't understand. like When that telegram lady came in and started singing, I had not, a, not understand a word she was fucking saying at all. Um, a lot of times I had no idea what was going on. You didn't like him trying to sing back the message? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was kind of funny, but I just don't understand what's going it's on. Like you don't have to sing it back. Like, I'm going to be honest, you guys talking about Harry Tuttle just wanting to be an air conditioning man, I didn't even get that from the movie. I didn't understand what was going on. And that was Robert De Niro. I don't know what the fuck's... Ugh. <laughs> he didn't even have an English accent. Or maybe he did in the movie. I don't know. He didn't. Neither than who's, who's the boss's mom. She didn't have one either. She had like a transatlantic thing going on. Yeah. Mona. Angelo. Sorry. Me and British comedies sometimes work, sometimes don't. This one did not, unfortunately Mm. for me. All right. Alex, number one. My number one is the strongest thing this movie has going for it is just the immaculate visuals. It's fantastic. Going along with the music, of course, of Brazil, but... Uh, the hustle and bustle in the offices, plus all their all the computers are typewriter, actual typewriter keyboards, and all their screens are really tidy, but they all have giant magnifying glasses so they can see the screen bigger. It's, how do you think of that? That's incredible. Plus the dream sequence, that suit that he's wearing while he's flying around. It's awesome. Those wings work like beautifully. They look really, really good. Yeah, for non-like Superman technology, it looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention the uh, the big samurai with uh, with armor made out of circuit boards. Oh, so such a cool costume! Oh, and all the freaking the the creepy baby monsters. Ugh. Yeah, yeah those were yeah. nightmare feel. Yeah, everything visually about this movie is. If somebody asks you, "Well, what's a visually striking movie?" Automatically, from now on, I would just say Brazil. Just watch Brazil. Brazil. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is an honorable mention. I said I do like the way this movie looks and frightening baby faces and samurai. Little, so I agree. Didn't make my top, my list, but it was Mitz. definitely something I did appreciate and scare me. I know. Jeebus. All right. Scott, number one. Number one, if Jeff won't understand any of this, uh, <laughs> is the quotes escape uh yeah so less less because of the the twist um because i think it's clear that that what's happening isn't real um Mm -hmm. but the uh just again it's kind of a it's not it's definitely not a toss-up it's definitely more of a downer than anything else Mm -hmm. but but in a way he he does win uh he does succeed um, the the final line from a Michael Palin with the well, it looks like he's gotten away from us. Uh, yeah, but you know that that he really has escaped into his own mind. Um, but that that whole sequence and there's there's lots of little tells there too, like uh, when they when they go to break him out, there's a character that has like a Santa hat on. There's one with like like Easter bunny ears, uh, just to show that this is definitely not actually happening. There's like the the whole homage to like the battleship Potemkin, on the on the steps to the inside of the the lobby to the ministry. Uh, no, he and then he quickly devolves like into obvious dream stuff. 
Now, when do you think the dream started? Because I noticed the part where he's saying, Jack, please help me take off the mask. And he lifts up his mask, but you can't see his face. Like um, he lifts up the mask like, how do you think I feel? Yeah, like, we're, we're in a lot of trouble or whatever. But that, something is obscuring him so you can't see Jack's face, if that really is him. Um, I, I don't know that... I don't know if, yeah. that that we really need to read too much into it. But I think basically when, so I think everything is real up to the point where they come from the second time. Well, that's not true. Like at some point when he's taken, like he's in the cell between then and the torture. Okay. Um, so I think when, uh, yeah. Mr. Heltman comes and tells him what happened to Jill, like, I think that actually is real and tragic. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, after that, it's like a series of him just being, like, in and out of darkness. So, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Like, when does it actually start? I don't know. But at that point, I don't think it really matters. It doesn't. Basically, after I, he's captured, that's It's the kind of stuff that I kind of obsess about. And it's like, ah, when would this make sense for it to start? Yeah, I do, I do, I do like that uh, Jack, uh, Michael Palin's tray. It has, like, all the torture tools, but then there's also, like, a pacifier... <laughs> There's like a rubber ball on there. Yeah, the rubber <laughs> like Super a bouncy ball. ball. Yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. And, uh, <laughs> it's like uh, I don't want to know what that's for. Yeah, and they wheel him into Cerebro, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if that was actually supposed to be like Cerebro, not like yeah, literally maybe. Cerebro, it's... but like like Gilliam or one of the set designers knew of Cerebro and was like, "Wow, wouldn't it be cool if we did this thing." Yeah, yeah, maybe transferring his thoughts while because that lady didn't seem like she was paying much attention, and she had that robot. Oh man, that was thing on her that hand. was a fucking great gag too, by the way. Yeah, like just the oomph. Ah, please stop. Pow, 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 <laughs> ow, ow. Pow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just the whole escape, and then the the like the only way he was ever going to win against the, the bureaucracy, really. Um, so not quite uplifting. Mm-hmm. Uh. But you know, I think I think this is this makes more sense than the the mega happy ending, mm-hmm. given the the tone of the movie up to that point. So yeah, my number one's the ending, the escape. All right, uh, my number one is I did not like the Lowry character. Too neurotic, bugged me, made me quit watching. All right, <laughs> there, there we is. are. <laughs> I do want to say one thing. Uh, one of the breweries that I go to, Burley Forge, they have a beer called Harry Tuttle. Never knew what it was. Now I know. Although I don't know why it's called Harry Tuttle, but because it'll clean out your pipes. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> there you go. It'll now cool you down. Name comes from. Mm-hmm. You'll zip mm-hmm. line right the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's rate it. Uh, as we normally do, uh, on a scale of one to seven, one being the worst movie ever, seven being perfect. So, Alex, what is your rating? Um, just on the visual alone, for me, it's a five. But with everything else, uh, the imagery, the juxtaposition, the great use of the song, I'm going to give this a six. Okay. Scott? Uh, so close to being a seven for me. But like Alex, I'll give it a six. Um the, the whole point I was kind of pining for the, that uplifting moment at the end, and it just doesn't quite come on that. 
And, you know, it's again, it's a tough, like, line to walk. You, you don't want to just give a happy ending just because. Um, yeah. You want it to make sense. But, you know, it, it reminded me a lot of, like, Catch-22, uh, which is one of my favorite books. How that is a central theme in, in that book, movie about how horrible uh, bureaucracy is. Um, and without spoiling anything, the, the escape from that is a little more uplifting uh, in, in that yeah, book. And that's yeah. kind of what I was hoping for. And it's kind of a triumph of the human spirit type of thing. And that happens here just in kind of a fucked up way. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, just there's so many like that. The first, I don't know, like half hour, 45 minutes to me, I just, uh, I, I was absolutely loving it, like with the set design. And then I felt like it kind of slogged a little bit in the middle. And it, they kind of eschewed a lot of the humor at that point. Um, so the, the tone shifted a little bit. Um, but yeah, and then there's just kind of a downer, too. <laughs> that makes it hard to watch a second time. Well, not a second time, but again immediately. So, yeah. yep. Uh, just a very long way of saying a six. All right. Um, while I did not finish it, I will not give it a one, because it's not definitely the worst thing I saw. I really just did stop watching it because of how annoying that character was. So I'll give it a three. I can recognize the set design. Like There were enough parts that I did laugh and chuckle, and there were some visual gags, but I don't need to see this again. Or see it once, I guess, because I still have it. For for the record, Uh, what what did you... What's your lowest one yet, Jeff? Do you have anything you won? I'm sure I I probably gave Dune a one. You gave Dune a one? Okay. That's what I was thinking, is maybe you gave Dune a a two or one. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But I guess that the parts I and you know what Scott I the first night I watched the first hour or so and I liked it, I was into it and then but then there's the second half whatever it's just once he started on his and he was just oh I just couldn't stand him, it it's so bad it's gonna ruin other movies with him now that I've seen because he was so <laughs> bad in this for me. You're never gonna be able to never buy Jeff's never buying Infinity yeah <laughs> damn it <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so uh, what's our crossover list this week, Alex? Crossover list is top five oppressive governments in media. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a question I should have asked before I made my list. Does it have to be governments or oppressive rulers, I guess, which is still counts as yeah. governments, right? Or... Yeah, rulers, governments. Uh... Hey, after, I, after all the shit I got after the Bob Barker thing, <laughs> yeah, listener. We'll Daniel see. Really we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was scoring off of me on that one. <laughs> yeah, good job. I didn't know about this. Good job, Daniel. Thanks, that Daniel. Horseshit last week or whatever that was. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I I remind uh, the jury that uh, Jeff put those fucks from uh, the pod race on his list. So there we are. They they were but announcers. They were announcers. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> as awful they they were, they fit the criteria. Yeah. Bunda da bunda. <laughs> Alright, Alex, what's your number five? My number five is the uh the Empire I forget what they're called, but the Empire from Firefly? What's their name? The, oh, the Browncoats. Oh, that almost made my list. Um Damn. It's going to bug me now. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's an oppressive government, not unlike the Star Wars Empire. Um, 
but the 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 show said after you know a few years after the rebellion the rebels lost the war and then they stopped everything and so the empire kind of took over and they're pretty much just you know bureaucratic bureaucratic oppressive dicks and that's why the firefly crew is underdogs and they're going you know skirting the law to to live as outlaws so yeah number five firefly right, government nice. i did not think of that one's a good one all right scott i was right it was the alliance anyways the alliance. uh whoa 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 Wait, the alliance the of jerks guys are the alliance <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> what the hell all right yeah um so uh Number five, I'm going to start with, uh, even though the government is rather tiny in this, I'm going to go with Snowpiercer. Oh, yeah. Nice. Where the the segments of, different segments of society are literally separated by, by train cars. Uh, where they, they basically, uh, there's this horrible kind of food chain, like little food chain going on. Uh. Between the the poor in the back and the the elite and the leaders in the front, so that's number five, Snowpiercer. All right, yeah, that's another movie I couldn't get through. Really? There it is. Yeah, but that <laughs> one I, I watched it late at night and I wasn't really in the right mind for it. I'll, I'll give that one another chance. <clears throat> it's all right. Uh, my number five, and maybe you guys won't allow this. I'm not sure. And we just, movie did recently. I want to go with Robin Hood. With all the taxes and making the people all... I'm, I'm just thinking about the cartoon when they're throwing everybody in jail because not paying right. their taxes. Yeah. That's a good call. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Stupid Prince John. Yeah. He is the government. Sheriff of Nottingham. Bunch yeah. of bastards. Badger and a cowardly lion. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Uh, Alex, number four. My number four is the... Uh, star-studded movie that starring Christopher Lambert in The Fortress. Have you guys ever seen this movie? Uh, it's got Red Foreman in it. Right? Probably. I don't remember it. I don't remember him in it, but you could be right yeah. because I haven't seen it since I was a kid at the drive-in movie theater of all places. Yeah, oh, Red Foreman. Does, does he down. lead a, a ragtag bunch of Earth's Mightiest Warriors against the Forces of another dimension, and a no. tournament to the death. No, not that one. Uh-oh. The fortress is the one where the government doesn't allow people to have uh, like kids without a license or something. And then Christopher Lambert's wife is pregnant, and then when they're trying to flee into like Canada or something, they get busted, and he gets sent to the fortress. And it turns out that all those babies that are born are being turned into like these genetic mutant. Death soldiers. So, yikes. Alright, Kurtwood Smith, number two credited person in the movie. He is prison director Poe. Mm. Oh, okay. There you go. Damn. But it's been a long time since I've seen it. I just, yeah, that's I the know. guy from Robocop is more what I remembered him from <laughs> than anything. Yep. Alright, Scott. Number four. Hey, number four is from a recent movie that we a podcast on and that would be Wreck-It Ralph Gattaca oh uh, where this yeah. the yep uh, the genetic elite uh, basically 
the thumb down on the rest of society. So if you haven't had heavy genetic modification, you're basically stuck being a janitor. Uh, get it, go. get it, go. Yep, and uh, thus made miserable. So less, a little less heavy, heavy-handed than some of the other ones in this on this list, but uh, still, mm-hmm. uh, Gattaca. Yeah. All right. All right. Now this next one's a stretch, but Bob Barker. He is an impressive because I don't know. The people are definitely oppressed, but I don't know if it's a government. It would be the Matrix. I thought about that one, Jeff. So I'll allow it. Because <laughs> you can't get more oppressed than what's happening to humans in this. Yeah. But it's not really a government. Yeah. So if you yeah. allow it, I'll do that. If not, I have backups. I'll allow it, even yeah. though you fuckers didn't allow Bob Barker. <laughs> He's a TV host. <laughs> He's not an announcer. Yeah. He announces all kinds of shit. <laughs> Not on the press. And that's his showcases. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. All right. Have your pets spayed and neutered. <laughs> he did announce that. Anyway, the Matrix. The I already forgot the bad guys' names in the Matrix, but the robots. The robots. <laughs> uh, yeah, people are in, turned into batteries. That's all they're used for. So that's pretty pretty oppressed. Squiddies. Um. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is the government from Equilibrium, where nobody's allowed to feel. Yep. You, you got to take your too. pills. You got to take your pills so you don't feel anything. But Preston, the greatest Graviton cleric there was. The the what cleric? Is it Graviton or Grammaton? Grammaton. V or M? M. Okay, Grammaton Gra- cleric. Graviton is like that ride that they had at the Strawberry Festival. It spins around <laughs> yeah. and makes you want to puke. Or that awesome gun in Half-Life. Mm. Yeah. See, either or, I think it's interchangeable. <laughs> but yeah, that's a fucked up government. It is. Now it's fucked I up. Is, so does that mean the next next one on your list is going to be ultraviolet? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, we should make a, a top seven list of movies not to watch ever. And then watch those movies? I agree, Alex. Let's do it. Okay. You and Jeff. <laughs> Ultraviolet. Uh, no. <laughs> number one. Well, number seven. Anyways, yeah. Equilibrium. Scott, <laughs> Scott number three. Number three. Uh, a movie that came out before The Matrix. That kind of set up The Matrix. Oh, I know where this is going. Uh, and The Matrix? No. That'd be Dark City. Oh. I didn't think it was that one. But yeah, that one. <laughs> now I'm curious to know what Alex thought I was going with that. <laughs> But, uh, yes, Dark City. I thought you were going to say Existence, which I haven't seen yet, but... No. That's a pill that Ron Jeremy sells after midnight. What are you talking about? (laughs) That's a Jude Law movie. He he makes a a gun out of bones. Uh, But, yes, the the city, the the people (laughs) there are, much like The Matrix, are oppressed by a very small group of weird, pale dudes. Aliens. Watch... Watch Dark City if you haven't seen it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's awesome. Hey, I know, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on this podcast. I have seen that movie three separate times, and every single time I thought it was the first time seeing it. And even <laughs> now, I still don't know anything that happened. <laughs> I was about to say, Jeff still has no idea what the fuck is happening in that movie. <laughs> it's, not, I don't, I, it's very forgettable for me. I don't like, seriously, really? back in the day, Netflix would recommend it for me. Like, yeah, that sounds like something I'd like. I'd watch it, I'm like, 
hey, I've seen this before. And then, <laughs> you can't fool me again. Yeah, and then, and then, like, then two years later. later. Like, that sounds good. Let me watch that. <laughs> you know, well, see, Jeff, what's happening is here, these aliens sometimes go around and mess with people's memories. So <laughs> yeah. they give them different lives and stuff. So maybe you've been ejected in the brain one too many times. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number three is Demolition Man. Yep. Thought about that one, too. Good stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Can't hey, swear, well. John Spartan. <laughs> you can't swear. You can't do the hunk of chunka. You gotta eat Taco Bell. The bees are too bad. Terrible stuff. <laughs> so salt has been outlawed. What the fuck? Yeah, you had yeah, you, can't, you, you have to eat rat burgers, and you live in the sewer with Dennis Leary. It's terrible. California <laughs> hot pocket. <laughs> Demolition Man, number three. Colin. Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> Cincinnati Bowtie. <laughs> now you sound like an old Jewish guy. <laughs> Racist, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Racist. Chicken Cutlet. No, and I can't remember the actor's name that they always, old, like, uh, whatever, I'll think of it. Jackie Gleason, not Jackie Gleason, but, oh, God. Jackie Mason? There you go. <laughs> From Caddyshack 2? Yeah, the revenge. Jeebus. Yeah. <laughs> My number anyway. two is Bioshock Infinite. Okay. If you guys have played that, I have not, but Jeff. I know what you're talking about. Nope. It's, oh, it's so horrible and cringeworthy what they're doing to people. But the rebels are not not as uh, they're, they're just as bad almost as like the oppressive government that they're trying to overthrow. And then there's dimensional hopping and a bit of time traveling. It's it's an amazing game, people. Go play it. But it's a it's a hard R. I'm just telling you right now. All right. But yeah, I recommend okay. Rockman. All right, Scott, number two. Number two uh, is a little movie from the 70s. Uh, murder Ball. <laughs> it's not Murder Ball. Although, uh, that does have... Can, right? I, can I change it to Murder Ball? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> why not? It's going on. It's going on my uh, my list. But uh, that would be Logan's Run. Starring, oh damn! That's starring Michael thing. York. York. Run, runner. Run, runner. Uh, the whole idea is basically uh, you turn thirty, and then a little gem or around there, a little gem in your your hand turns, and you've got to run or be killed. Uh, Renew. Renewed, sorry. Yes. Renew. The the sad part is we used to make this joke like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Every time someone was getting that, that birthday, but uh, yeah. We wouldn't have made it. We never old. Renrenna. <laughs> Renrenna. All right. Uh, my number two was going to be Equilibrium, but since Alex already used it, I'll switch it up because I have a few honorable mentions. And yeah. I'll go to Minority Report. Uh, okay. The fact that you can have your, uh, your precog. I don't know if it's oppressed, but it's definitely... It was on the way there. On the cusps. Yeah. Yeah, come on. If you can arrest somebody before they even do anything, that sounds like oppression to me. So, there you go. Um, I'd rather be equilibrium, but I'm going to use Minority Report. Just because I still want the glove with the stuff. <laughs> with the lights. Yeah. With the motion capture lights. Yeah. It'd be like Tom Cruise making milkshakes in the bar with those gloves on. <laughs> Yeah. Also, Alex, we, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're 
You're both wrong, Alex. It was, it's Rollerball, not fucking Murderball. Oh, Rollerball. Murderball was like a documentary about a bunch of dudes playing basketball that were in wheelchairs. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> What's so funny about that, Jeff? I don't know. It was terrible. Um, Rollerball. There you go. Minority Eat Report. Just... Ethan Hunt. Or no, that's not Ethan Hunt. Jack Reacher. <laughs> Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm. Jack Ryan. It's uh, Maverick. Jack. God damn it. Maverick. God damn it. Um, yeah, I can't think of any more Tom Cruise movies. Far and Away. Nope. <laughs> I just name it movie titles. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Risky Business. Risky Business. <laughs> well, bla- Blazing Thunder. Thunder Raid. Thunder Days. What is it? Shit. Day- Days, Days of Thunder. Of thunder. <laughs> With the Rook. There and Robert Duvall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Legend. Yeah. Born on the 4th of July. All right. Alex, what's number one? <laughs> My number one is a Star Wars property, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, okay. Only in that one because it kind of shakes things up where, you know, in the modern uh, Star Wars canon, the Sith are only like two dudes or two people at all times but in knights of the old republic the sith are everywhere the sith isn't just like you know force users with lightsabers it's like soldiers oh those are sith those soldiers right there are the sith these guys are sith these guys are hired by sith so they're it's a whole sith empire that's trying to conquer the galaxy yeah the uh the second time that they tried to do the mmo for star wars uh basically the the quote-unquote evil faction uh yeah, it's the same thing. We could play as many of those as you wanted. Cool. Is that the that was the Bioware one, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Jeff played that for a hot minute. I did. If it's that Star Wars in the title, I played it. <laughs> Not very long. It was like the first like fifteen levels in that were awesome because it was like just this like single player Star Wars story, and then you actually had to start going around and like doing shit with people, and it was like eh, and grinding and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, everyone tells me the Knights of the Old Republic video game is like the story is great, and I remember playing on the PC, but I just those this is why I never got into Mass Effect. I just don't like that type of game, so like I never got through it. I heard I should just like watch it on YouTube, like somebody just doing the whole story or something. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad. That's how I saw La Noire, and I'm really glad I didn't buy it. Man, that game is a piece. Yeah, I did buy that one. Yeah, and it was it was choose your own adventure, and you didn't even get to choose. <laughs> yep. Oh, don't even get me to the ending of that game. Just ugh, that's the worst part of that fucking game. Anyways, yeah, I, do, I do like that we're we're in a place now that where you can enjoy video games without actually playing them mm-hmm. <laughs> or consume them anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Scott, number one. Uh, I'm going to choose another Star Wars property, except I'm yeah. just going to go with Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you were, Jack. Uh, so I, I I appreciate Alex going the extra mile and not making it directly Star Wars, I guess. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say Star okay. Wars. Enough said. All right then, I won't do Star Wars, but I'll do another George Lucas property. Do T H Howard the Duck. Oh, oh. There you go. Yeah, American Graffiti. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, THX is actually very impressed uh, government. Although I've seen uh, it once and I can't really remember it very well. Metropolis. Know, we should we should put it on the list. Yeah, Metropolis. American that's, got that's a really good movie. <laughs> and Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. 
<laughs> what? Yeah. They, they ration the water for these people. They just die. So, Alex, yeah, you, okay. the Matrix okay. is fine, but that's where you draw the line. Yeah. No, I just have to... I, I forgot about the first one. The very first one. I'm not talking about the first one. I want Fury Road. You said Fury Road. Fury Road? Oh, never mind. I am drunk. Should have been called Furiosa Road. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, mine would have been the Star- Empire of Star Wars, but I'll take I, THX as an honorable mention and Fury Road. All right, you guys have any other honorable mentions? Uh, you guys took all my honorable mentions. Maybe the Confederacy from StarCraft and StarCraft Two. Well, yeah. Well, in the yeah, <laughs> so in the first case, okay, so StarCraft actually has the Confederacy, and then then the Dominion. Same deal. Oh, what about Half Life? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Overwatch. Half Life's good. The uh, Combine. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking red. Uh, good call, Warhammer. Jeff. Yeah, that's going on my list somewhere. If I had to redo it. Warhammer. What about Warhammer? Warhammer, that's a pretty impressive government, I guess. I'm not up in my Warhammer lore. Are <laughs> right, you put Warhammer in your list? Scott and I are going to put the Combine on our list. Yeah, there got you go. it. I'm sure Scott has Bob Barker on there somewhere too. He could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Before I cough here, hold on. <coughs> it's time for Alex No Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? <laughs> Jeff, you're right. I muted too late. Sorry. He's got the black lung. He does. Uh, it's that time of year where all the other sports are in the off season, and the only thing everybody we can watch are football, except basketball and hockey. What? And and American soccer. Those are winter sports. Mm-hmm. I thought it was only football. <laughs> nope. No, baseball is pretty much the only one that's only played <laughs> summer. Yeah. Oh, okay. MLB, <laughs> MLB suckers. Still going on. MLS? It's going on right now. I think they might be in the playoffs, but it is going on. And they see the Redskins are still called the Redskins. Yeesh. Yep. That has not changed. Yikes. <laughs> well, anywho. So I hope yeah, I hope we learned something are you guys today. Watching your, yeah. <laughs> You guys watching the football? Uh, I am. Oh yeah, you met Danny Trejo at a football game. Yeah, I went to the Rams game Monday Night Football against the Chiefs, and Danny Trejo was in line with us and shook his hand, got a picture with him. And he's pretty small. The machete is not that big. Did they tell you drink your beer, bro? <laughs> no. Uh, hey, ladies, he, he told me a now. long story, and I said, "Sorry, you speak English? I wasn't listening." Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. I don't speak Spanish. So that's the line. Damn it. <laughs> You mean, to, you mean to tell me he's a goddamn federale? This bar's for truckers only. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm watching the Rams. Obviously, that's uh, yeah. All right, enjoy your football, everybody. Hey, and the Kings are dead last, even though Alex doesn't know the hockey's going on in the winter. Um, <laughs> Why would it? <laughs> oh, they pre- oh, they have indoor rinks now. <laughs> Oh, Kings are dead last, so that's awesome. Well, I didn't want to put salt in your wounds. Okay. But they are dead last. Thanks. Thanks. Kindly go fuck yourself. (laughs) Kindly. Respectfully. With all due respect. (laughs) 
It's time for Nim News! Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, so... Uh, start off with the... Some Marvel! Big surprise. So <laughs> so I, I didn't get to see it because I was at work. But the, uh, I guess, they don't have the during the halftime today, there was a new Captain Marvel trailer? Yes? Yep. Yes, there was. Yes. I didn't see it either, but yes. I saw it. Okay. And? She shows her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that's, uh, that's a pretty they aggressive. Marvelous. <laughs> Whoa. It's pretty aggressive advertising for uh, mm-hmm. Monday Night Football. I mean, so it was, if you saw the first trailer, it's pretty much that, just expanded upon a little bit. Like, the old lady that she punches in the face, they say that she's a creep. Yeah. Boo. Boo. It's not just a random old lady. Boo. Uh, it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a little more, it just kind of fills it out a little bit more. There's not really anything new. There's a cool couple cool action shots of her doing stuff in space and shooting fireballs and whatever the hell she's doing. Um. Yeah, I, I can't wait. It looks different. It looks like this is a nice piece to the like to the to the what do you call it? I forgot the name in Marvel, the Space Universe, whatever. Go along with the Guardians and yeah. stuff like that. That'll and that'll be cool. Cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it looks good. Me too. Cool. All right. Get these motherfucking crees <laughs> off my motherfucking planet. Yep. Get to see how yeah, he loses the eye. The young effects on Samuel Jackson are showing a lot in this trailer, too. It looks good. Can't see him. Get to see the return of Agent Coulson, Clark Gregg. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I'm Clark Gregg. <laughs> so, a little news on that. Uh, keeping up with the Marvel. I guess, uh, after our discussion last week or the week before about uh, Netflix canceling Iron Fist and... Uh, Luke, Cage. Luke Cage. They've gone ahead and given the axe to the other two. Well, or at least Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Have they given the axe to Jessica Jones yet? No, because it's in being filmed. Uh, that and Punisher are being made right now, and then once those are released, those are mm-hmm. supposed to be canceled as well. That's yeah, the rumor. Okay, moving over to the other. Yeah, it's such a weird Devil. thing that that all these companies now are just like completely vertical, where they they come with the money, they produce that shit, they advertise it, they distribute it. Um, for better or worse, that's kind of how things are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and worse in some cases, because I still don't know who the fuck is paying for CBS All Access. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there's uh-huh. there's going to be, you know, <laughs> there's going to be some casualties here pretty soon. I mean, Disney's obviously going to be successful, because they've got the entire yeah, Fox library and their own shit. Um, you know, Netflix is kind of its own thing. But they, mm-hmm. I don't know whether yeah, they saw this. Thing. What was that? Yeah, Netflix is a slew of original content, so they'll be fine. Yeah, I wonder if they like saw the writing on the wall, or they just this was something they were trying out. But you know, they're—I don't know if they're set necessarily, but they—they they definitely have their own catalog. Um, mm-hmm. If if every other company should form their own thing and pull everything out of there, uh, I actually wonder how like Amazon Prime is going to deal with this shit. Like, I, I still don't understand how Amazon Prime can show HBO stuff on there. Yeah. Licenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. Anyways, Daredevil got the axe. Um, you know, I, did you finish season three? I, I've not finished it. Uh, it's on my list. Maybe as as a million other things. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't finished season two. Uh, 
it's my favorite series of all of those. And I mean, I was getting tired. Like I didn't even see Iron Fist or <laughs> nobody should watch Iron Luke, or Luke Cage, Cage two. So I was kind of falling uh, behind on yeah. all of these. I started watching Luke Cage two. It's pretty good so far. I like the style. Yeah, I just I need to get back into the that. I, I'm usually like pretty good about trying to get through this shit when I at least when, after I've actually started. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it takes me a while, but I don't know that I'm ever going to sit down to watch Second Iron Fist. Like I, you know, I loves yeah. me some Colleen Wing, but that's about all. But <laughs> like I can get get motivated for to to watch that thing. But uh, yeah, I. I I have to imagine that they're going to try for a fourth season on the new Disney thing. I don't know. Maybe, but who knows? Maybe they, they'll reboot them. Yeah, they... I guess, like, all those Marvel shows on, on Netflix have have had, like, different showrunners every single season for each for each thing. Oh, um, wow, really? Yeah, so, I mean, maybe it was, like, cre- like studio creative differences or money or whatever. Um, I mean, some of them, like, Iron Fist, they just had to do it because... <laughs> The, the, there was such a uh, backlash from the first uh, season, but uh, yeah, I wonder if like the people involved even are going to want to be involved at that point, because mm-hmm. there seems to be like a lot of like for the actors, anyways, a lot of uh, burnout being in those movies, or, or in this case, the the TV series. Uh, so either way, it was still kind of surprising uh, mm-hmm. that it was, you know, Netflix still never ever releases how well the show an individual show does uh, but i gotta imagine that that is still you know bringing in some eyeballs yeah uh, although none of us watched it we're a huge nerd yeah i know mm-hmm. there's there's too much there's too much content uh so um switching over to the uh to the non MCU. to the non to not quite mcu side of things uh Quick review on <laughs> Venom. Uh, you you've seen it, right, Jeff? I think you commented on it before. Nope. Oh, you haven't. Nope. Nope. Okay. Uh, it was okay. <laughs> glowing, glowing review there. Um, mm-hmm. it had some cool things going for it. Uh, kind of a some some boring stuff going for it. Um, a weird kind of tunnel shift where the movie a little schizophrenic like it didn't, it didn't know whether it wanted to be like this hard R violent thing or if it was trying to go more the way of like a Deadpool and be a little funnier uh, but it's okay like I actually liked how they made Venom look in the movie um, maybe they made him a little too big but other than that he looked cool uh, I don't know he's pretty big is he supposed to be that big like, he's yeah fuck- but 8 feet tall is he though? I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about the comics. Well, yeah, he's, he's at least like a tall six, maybe seven feet tall. He's big. Um, but yeah, I don't. I <laughs> I wonder if they're gonna have a second one of these. I know um, there's a stinger at the end that absolutely makes it seem like there's going to be another one of these. Um, well, it did make all of the money. How well did it do? I mean, overseas, it it did a shitload. Well, I can imagine it was it was. Uh, at least in part financed by Tencent. <laughs> oh yeah, well then yeah, definitely made. So I'm made sure I'm way. sure they marketed it or had a hand in marketing across seas. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if they do another one of these things. Spider Man is not to be seen. Spoilers. Uh, 
So, yeah. If... Spider-Man should not see spoilers? He should not see spoilers. Yeah, he really shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, He'll sense them. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Venom, okay. Uh, and then one other review of something that I... Hey, hey that's a good point. Is, Sp- is Spider-Man, is every movie spoiled for him because Spidey Sense kicks in right before the plot twist? No, like, he fuck. just... <laughs> that's not how it works, Jeff. Damn it. <laughs> so he knows he knows when to turn turn away and not look. Like he's watching an audition. Uh, spider senses start tingling, and then he just like yeah. Before he even walked into the movie, he theater. like covers his his eyes and ears at the same time somehow. Mm-hmm. He just flips himself in the face. That's how it works. Uh, anyway, um, quick review on something that I really did enjoy and recommend is the Good Place. Uh, so I've seen the first two oh, yeah? seasons. Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. Kristen Bell. It's Kristen Bell, Ted Danson. Uh, bunch of other people that nobody's ever heard of, but they're all great. Um, so each season is like 12 episodes or so, 10 and 12, so it's a lot more watchable than the full 24. Uh, yeah. It takes a couple episodes to, to really get going, but once you do, um, there's a lot of continuity there for a sitcom. Um, it gets delves heavily into uh, philosophy and you know what it is, uh, you know heaven and hell and the afterlife and all that, um, and just general um, ethics. But uh, there's there's a lot of laugh out loud, funny stuff going on, and yeah, I recommend it. You know they're you know network television, so each episode's like twenty minutes a pop. Uh, yeah, so if you're looking for something else to watch that's light, go do it. Ted Danson's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the good place. He right now was on. So the first two seasons are on Netflix, and then the the third season's on Hulu. But I think they're already dropped the first few episodes, which is fucking lame. So now I gotta wait for it to come out on Netflix again. Assuming that even happens. And NBC doesn't fucking mm. do their own streaming service. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. So, that's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to chat on? Yeah, I finally got around to watching 2016 Ghostbusters. Uh, I liked it. It was, you know, like most things on the internet, it did way did not deserve all the hate that it got. They're women, um, they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's uh, it's so stupid. Why people were mad about it? Yeah, that Alex, that's yeah. that's that's dumb because now the the new one came out. The other one has been erased from existence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, there's only Zool. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I like the movie. I like the humor in it. Um, there's only a few parts that I really didn't like, so it doesn't put it. Of course, it doesn't put it over the top over the original. But um, the cameos felt really forced, and um, except for Harold Ramis's R.I.P., that was an awesome little nod. And uh, at the very end, when Kate McKinnon has, it's just it's, there's too many gadgets, way too too gadgety, with the grenades and the proton shotgun and the proton handguns and all that stuff and the fists. It's like okay. The proton packs are cool enough on their own. You could have just used those. But I will give them this, that they actually 
kind of explained that she was building all this stuff like compulsively and it it didn't all just come out of nowhere yeah like oh why does she have these guns oh because she she's a compulsive builder she has a problem uh, but yeah i thought it was hilarious have not seen it i, I recommend like you i wouldn't say it's a good movie but i wouldn't say it deserved all the hate that it got of course yeah yeah and i will say uh thor is hilarious thor <laughs> yeah which uh, which one of these pictures make me look more professional? The one where I'm playing saxophone or the one where I'm listening to saxophone? <laughs> he just has a saxophone next to his ear. <laughs> He's holding it up next to his ear, listening to it. Oh man, yeah. Ghostbusters, Old. what do you want? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a man that beautiful should not be that funny either. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He's got it all. He's the whole package. <laughs> And what a package. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess my real quick news. Um, they're announcing that Game of Thrones' most popular locations will become tourist attractions once this <laughs> final season is done filming. Oh, are they the soundstage in Belfast. <laughs> so you can go to the wall in Belfast or Winterfell. Damn it. I don't know. My vacation was two years too short. Too mm-hmm. soon, then. Too early, yeah. Too soon. <laughs> um, so I think it's going to be like how Hobbiton is, or the Shire is in yeah. New Zealand. Um, I don't know if it's just Belfast or if it's. Are they? Are they don't they film in like? Uh, I feel like Malta. Yeah, or, like Spain or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Go to King's Landing, which is in. Not Serbia. One of those countries. One of those former Yugoslavian countries, I think, is where Czech Republic or something. Like I hear trains coming pretty soon. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of cool. And then the only other thing is, I went to Disneyland the other day, and for some cool fortune, we got to ride Matterhorn twice in a row. We didn't even have to get off; they just let us go through twice. Was that um, yesterday? No, it was okay. About last week, Tuesday. I don't and, know. Uh, okay. And what was the doctor bill like? Later that week. It's not as bad. <laughs> they just refurbished it, I think, and so it's a little smoother. A little bit. Nice. Uh, okay. It's still pretty damn herky-jerky, but uh, better than Indiana Jones, because we don't own that. And that one's just, oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Did, did you do... Uh... Right. First time I ever got to write a ride twice in a row without getting off. So how the and fuck did that work? Like, was it just, like, in close to closing time or something? No, it was... They were like somehow rearranging cars, like in the order. So right, right when the ride was ending and before we got off, all of a sudden our track just like shifted over, and the lady like let three cars go in front of us and then put us back. And she goes, "Oh, sorry for the inconvenience. If you want, you can go right again." And everyone in our cart was like, "Yeah, ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jeff, you missed your chance. You should have been the one guy that been like, no, nah, I want." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm good. I did one. I did one through. I'm good. <laughs> He's not Brian, so. Yeah. And we were there last night, and as we were leaving, they had this candlelight procession or whatever, and Chris Pratt was on stage doing Jesus stuff. I don't know what he was doing. But <laughs> no, he, he, just does, he does a reading. Usually they have some big like celebrity of whatever's happening in uh, Disney movies and stuff to do a reading and do a nice speech and celebrate the lighting of all the Christmas stuff. Yeah, there you go. We saw It was, it was in the distance. We like exited on the other side of... Main Street, mm-hmm. but we could see him and hear him. 
I was hoping we'd go on Tower of Terror and he'd be there, but yeah. No, pull pull a Mark Hamill like on Star Tours and just hey guys, yeah. Oh my gosh! Or Johnny yeah. Depp on Pirates, yeah. yeah. This 3D is amazing. If I was Johnny Depp, that's all I would do. By the way, <laughs> pretty sure Johnny Depp would. I just hang out there, just like just randomly pop out in the. the... <laughs> I don't know. Is there is there a spot in that ride where you can stop it and then he could get on there? So like, all of a sudden you just the ride's already started and then all of a sudden Johnny Depp just pops in. And maybe he just goes rogue and jumps over the railing at the Blue Bayou. <laughs> There it is. I don't know. I mean, that wire is only oh, a couple he feet could, deep. He, could, be, he could wade through. He can, he can have makeup and be the old man on the porch. Yeah, there we go. Or yeah. he just turn one of the boats upside down and he'll walk under the water, holding it, like in the movie. That's, yeah. That's true. That's how yeah. that works. And then Orlando Blue will be there. CGI running on rocks. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Sliding down Olifants. <laughs> Timothy Olifants. Yeah, Timothy. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Writing down Timothy only fault. <laughs> oh man. <laughs>